Nathaniel. We're here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign at the corner of Springfield and Duncan's. Come on out and join us. You can also join us over the phone lines at area code 217-356-9397. Or you can text us at 217-351-5357. Our experts today include Mr. Steve Brown. Well, good morning. Good morning. And Mr. John Weisgarber. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. Is uh, Marianne... She is. Take, oh, she's, she's here? She's here. She's oh, out okay. and about. She's just doing her oh, thing. Oh, here she comes. Look at Everybody her. Everybody loves Marianne. Look at her. Marianne Metz, also, strolling her way. With an empty coffee cup. Up here. Well, we can take care of that. There you go. <laughs> am, am I live now? <laughs> yes, you're live now. You're live. <laughs> oh, Okay, so I don't know if you all have seen the latest at-home magazine that the News Gazette's one of their News Gazette's publications. But if you look on uh, just the back little part, you'll see this entire section featuring the Prairie Gardens experts. There you go. That's a really cute picture of you guys. I like that you did like the triangular. Oh, you know, sure, that was type so, of showing everybody. so much effort and thought put into that. I'm yes, sure. I'm sure. It seems like it. Going yard for springtime advice outside the house. We turn to the popular plant experts at Prairie Gardens in Champaign. Hello there. You go. Well, how would they get their hands on that? Well, I hadn't thought that far ahead. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oops. Somehow we'll, through the News Gazette. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll take that back and uh, yeah, contact the News Gazette and find out. Right? <laughs> Okay. I'll try to get uh, that information to you. Okay. Here, uh, <coughs> All right. Yeah, so, John, yeah. yeah, you brought some things with you. What's going on here with some? Those, those you have flowers. Do you guys sell flowers? Yeah, well, those are plants, not things. <laughs> so here's the deal. I felt I was a little chilly this morning for some reason. I don't know why. So oh, I had yeah, the, right. I had the seat warmer on. So and then I got hot. Mm-hmm. Well, you've just had a heck of a morning, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. How trying is that? Well, I hope, I hope the rest of your day gets better. Seriously. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll just run through and pull some annuals that like sunny and hot weather. Oh, so they can ride in the car with you? Well, yeah, because I don't get to have sun annuals at my house. So. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Home yeah. of the pampered plant experts hey. here, I would guess. <laughs> so anyway. What are they? John's vicariously living through the... Uh, Sun in the greenhouse. Well, yeah. not sun this morning, but yeah. Yeah. You have some vibrant colors. So tell us what they are, John. Well, let's start off with the Thumbergia or the Black Eyed Susan vine. Oh, very powerful. How fun. Yes. Yeah. I love the uh, the trellis that it comes with, the small little trellis. It'll so quickly outgrow that trellis. It's ridiculous. So, oh, really? Give, give it about three days, it'll be gone. Yeah. 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 Oh. It loves it, it when it gets warm and stays warm. Yeah. yeah. It can actually get up to at least five feet or so. so oh, you'll from, want to have from that size plant right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll flower all summer Ooh. long. With big yellow flowers in that dark center. Really pretty. That is beautiful. And that's that's so enticing because it's really a smallish container. What, what would you say that is? A pint? Five-inch pot. It's a five-inch yeah. pot. Oh, there you go. And then we'll have, what, at least two colors in that series. And then we'll have mm-hmm. some other Thumbergia. But we have some out there now yeah. from other growth. So there'll be a little bit even a broader range of coloration. Yeah. But uh, those are pretty cool. Very pretty stuff. What else does black, I mean, yellow, I guess I'm used to, yellow black-eyed Susans. And these are orange. So those are going to be beautiful. Ish. Yeah. Ish. 
We'll have some more that are more of a cinnamon color too, and then, uh, we had a few that had a little bit more of a pinkish tone to them last year. Wasn't there well. white? I don't remember the white one. Okay, but I don't remember a lot of stuff. Maybe I don't either. <laughs> you were just wishing that that came in white. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I tell you, one of the ones that John brought That's here again, he's, he brought a few uh, sunny annuals up here. Um, is the cupcake series of the Portulaca. Yeah. Uh, we tried some of that last year and grew two or three of the colors. And just outstanding. And it, this is a flat-leafed portulaca. It would work well in a container, dripping over the edge in a hanging basket, or just in a bed. Yeah, uh, like a like a rock bed or something yeah. would be really cool. We planted some in amongst the sedums last year. <laughs> and that same bed that has the creeping flocks that's yeah. having a party yeah. the last couple of weeks uh, with all that color. And <clears throat> they were just an outstanding addition in amongst the sedum just because they bloomed, again, all summer long. Um, really neat. That's pretty awesome. That's neat. pretty cool how you integrate the annuals along with your perennials where you can get yeah. some continuous color as yeah. opposed to just that short period when the perennials bloom. Yeah, because the sedums are blooming for, you know, arguably, what, two to four weeks on their own. Yeah. You know, different times throughout the course of the summer. But then you put something like that in there and then you've got the effect of the flower all the time. And like the other portulaca, it tends to flower more during the heat of the day. Right. Not so much at, in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, usually by six or seven o'clock, they're kind of closing Close up for up, the day. Yeah. yeah, isn't that interesting? Is rose moss the common name for all portulaca, or just sure. certain types of portulaca? Okay, sure, he says. Yeah. <laughs> well, rose moss, moss rose. Yeah. Oh yeah, moss rose. I've Whichever heard you want to. Rock rose. Um, Rock rose. Marianne's, I think I've heard. I've heard that before. It, it, well, it's official now. Oh, official. <laughs> <laughs> it came from the lips of an expert. So that's. Common names are like that. It's just a okay. Whatever region you go to, but, but I must say it's real regional. This yeah. this cupcake portulaca, the um, the leaves here. I'm used to very, I mean, more spiky looking, more evergreen looking, yeah. Uh, yeah. growth. And but no, these are a lot yeah. softer and more rounded and, and flat. And that and one has a margin with the more of a burgundy color. Yes, it. it's kind of cool. Green, yeah. green, yeah. and then a burgundy tip all around it. So this one's a. A really good, strong fuchsia violet color. And then there's um, an orange one uh, that's, I think, called carrot. And, nice. and there's one nice. called uh, strawberry banana. Strawberry Ooh. banana. Yeah. So there's some, some neat two-tone. That one, guess it it's, might be kind of a two-tone color. Yeah, it's a two-tone. If you would believe it. But, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a neat series. Very rewarding. And these are in four-and-a-half-inch pots that are out there. And the dahlia is a blow-away. We have some yeah. of the most beautiful dahlias right now. Oh, we do. Oh, gosh. This Just, one's a, a smaller one that you could, you know, 10 or 12 inches. But it's great for containers. Yeah. Yeah. And then how, it, and it's an annual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then what can I expect, how can I expect it to perform throughout the summer? Like Five feet? <laughs> no. No, okay. this one's this this is smaller. Short. This, this one only small. gets 10 or 12 inches tall. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So, but it blooms all summer long. And, and is it a spreader? It's going to get 12, 15 inches maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. More than I would have thought. High and wide. Lantana, again, Ugh. some of the best pure annuals that you can imagine and talk about hummingbird attractants and butterflies. and. Yeah. We've got some beautiful colors in Lantana right now. I had a oh, customer yeah. yesterday bought a flat of each color, a whole flat of each color. <laughs> It's like, wow. That's great. I can't wait to see that flower bed. No kidding. Oh. I think it's Karen at work calls them um, Barbie bouquets. Oh, because they look like <laughs> tiny little bouquets of tiny 
tiny little flowers. Mm. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Perfect for a Barbie. Great. Yeah, yeah we'll have a bunch of people walking in and asking for Barbie, the Barbie, Barbie bouquet. It's the Barbie bouquet. And then you'll all go, oh, Tamara. I'll say Karen. Yeah, call we'll go t- right to the source. Call Tamara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's a great pollinator uh, because it's flat. The uh, oh. attractor, pollinator attractor, because they can get on top and right inside there. It's actually a tubular shaped flower or throat, but you wouldn't really know it by looking at it because there's just a lot of little the cluster looks flowers like, like, like together. Yeah. Easy access. I would yes. not have. You're right. Okay. And heliotrope. That's been. A great Have you smelled that one. before? The purple Tamron? one? Is it this one? Yeah. Purple. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a stinky one. Let's see what she does. A stinky yeah. one. A stinky oh, one. You. <laughs> we'll trick her. So do, that's the way you do it with peonies, too, because all peonies yeah. have a fragrance. It's not that's always nice. pleasant either. Oh, yeah, it's nice, yeah. <laughs> I was just teasing you about it being stinky. I'm like, but, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, my mom's lilac bushes. There you oh, go. nice. It's yeah. very sweet. Just, yes. Marianne was talking about scent. the fragrance of peonies. I think some are tolerable. Some are tolerable. And some smell like musk. And some are just incredible. <laughs> some, some smell terrible. <laughs> See, I said, not all of them are pleasant. That's how I feel about lilies. They all have a fragrance. It's just not always pleasant. So that's a good sunny annual then, too. And yes, again, it blooms is. all that's summer cool. long. And it's a great pollinator, too, for butterflies. Yeah. Purples, yeah. reds, pinks, hot pinks. Yeah, really pretty coloration. Heliotrope. And, yeah. And then is it also, does it stay low to the ground? Yeah. It's going to be... Is it a... Spread ten, ten ish, ten, yeah, ten, 10 or twelve like inches. Yeah. Tall, okay, tall, fifteen inches in diameter. That's yeah. great. Yeah, uh, nice ivy geranium and a nice oh, mezu. Yeah. Whatever you have in your hand right now, I just I I had a feeling you were going to save it for last, and I think you have. That is that color like is this? just so stunning. How would you describe that color? Oh my gosh, it's a. Uh, uh, very deep salmon, just about like bordering on pink. Coral, hot coral. Coral, okay, I could see that. Hot coral, because it's almost yeah. glowy. Yes, neon. It, it's just yeah, about fluorescent or something. Yeah. Just talk about just pulling your eye in. That's beautiful, and it's uh, it's a geranium. Ivy geranium? No kidding. Yeah, down to the bottom. I'm there used is. to geraniums yeah. being larger, a lot larger. Yeah, this big. Big fuzzy leaves. Well, these aren't fuzzy or big. Yeah, they're a little Just more glossy. Just a different texture. Glossy, yeah. and yeah. It, it, it kind of uh, spreads outward. It billows. As, a, as opposed to growing Ooh, I upright. I like that. Billows. Yeah. That's a nice word. Yeah. It is. Wow. And okay, one of my very favorite oh, and hang, the, hanging down things. That's called Mizu or Dorianthus. It's a succulent, basically. So I've been hearing a lot about Mizu. And I kept meaning to check it out. It's kind of a a medium green leaf with a nice creamy margin on it. And what's really cool is in the summer when it's really hot, it's cool, it's hot. Um, It has this really tiny fuchsia flower on it that just shines. Really? It's really neat. Nice. It's a nice alternative to the traditional Vica vine. Yeah, If you want a lighter colored leaf, variegated leaf. And it works really well with some of the darker foliage plants and and the darker flowering plants, so that's why it looks so good with I, or with geraniums and things like that. That yes. okay. have a dark green leaf and a dark red flower. It just brightens up a container. So good it, for sunny. Would spot. you use it as a spiller? Again, spiller would be great for that. F- um, I used it also in the same rock garden that we planted the portulaca in. Nice, just, really. Again, I think that's so a great a use for it. Sure. Texture. The, the leaf shape is lo- much larger than most of the sedum, so it really stands out. 
and then you get that bonus of the flower. But yeah. the, f- the foliage is really what we were going after. Yeah, decidedly. It's a great foliage. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, obviously, those are just a few of the uh, items that they have available here at Prairie Gardens and some of the annuals that you can really enjoy this summer. And, and yeah, like you said, intersperse them with your perennials so that you can have summer throughout the year. Johnny's got a flat three seasons anyway. 50 count impatience. Ta-da! Yay. Uh, while supplies last. They're and, here. And we'll have more uh, midweek or so as well. But uh, How many people have been asking for those? Are the impatience in yet? Each day. Are you going to do that? Are you going to do that sale again on the flats? <laughs> yeah, they're thirteen ninety two for a flat of fifty plants. That's incredible. And and I hear a flat, and it sounds like something that I'll need to like figure out a lot of space in my car for. <laughs> no, it's more about figuring but out the space in your garden. Really, it's like <laughs> yeah, fifty plants. That's a lot of plants. It's once you spread them out, absolutely. Yeah. You want a flower bed? Yeah, you got it right there. There you and go. One flat. Thirteen ninety two. John brought a, a, a flat of mixed colors, and again, they're sold by the full flat. But we have solid white, solid reds, pink, pinks, punch. Yeah, just about every punch. color you can imagine. Salmon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So nice yeah. selection out there. Thirteen ninety two for a full yeah. flight of fifty plants. And what yeah. did we decide that the each price was? Twenty eight. Twenty eight cents. In honor of Ed Kelly. Wait a minute. Let me get Whenever you talked about a bargain, you could just see the wheels turning. <laughs> Mr. Kelly. That's only twenty three cents a piece. Twenty eight. Twenty eight cents a piece. Don't misspeak. It'll hold you to it. Um, <laughs> and. With the impatience, we always, and of course, these need to be in a shade situation or morning sun, afternoon shade. Uh, they get huge. So you, so everybody tends to want to pray, plant them really close together mm-hmm. because you want that instant gratification. Okay, yeah. But before you know it, you know, it's it's a big mass. So it really does help to read the label? Yeah. Okay. It does. So ideally, you'd space them 12 to 15 inches apart? Yep. Usually, yep. Yeah. And 8 you to know, 10 would be pushing it? You look at these flats and, and, and one plant, it, it's it's truly not like, wow, that's going to be a really big plant. But they are. They do. Just like John said, you just have to space them apart. Because what happens is that they just kind of smother each other, and the performance isn't really good. So, oh. and they just keep okay, growing careful. all through the summer. Yes, oh, so they do. They may not seem that tall even in June, but then you turn around in late July or August, it's like, it's what like, happened? Where'd those come from? <laughs> well, and if you put them too close together, sometimes you'll have an issue with with uh, you know too too tight means some disease issues. Oh, exactly. So mold, mildew, yeah. possible. Yeah. Let and them breathe. Also. Yeah, and you want to. Make sure that when you're watering water at the base of the plant, not on top of the plant. Oh, right. And if you can get the rain to fall underneath the plant, you're right on well, top of oh, it. I'll yeah. see what I can do. Okay. All right. You're listening to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. You can call in at 217-356-9397 or even text us at 351-5357. Let's go to the phone lines now and uh, talk to Rich in Champaign. Hey, good morning, Rich. Good morning, guys. I need help. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's what they're here for. I have inherited a yard that we purchased, uh, and uh, it has uh, the bane of gardening existent throughout all of the gardens. There's a lot of garden space, a lot of flowers, uh, but it is overrun with creeping Charlie. I just knew you were going to say that. 
<laughs> and uh, I, I have decided that Creeping Charlie, Charlie is the Al-Qaeda of gardening. <laughs> okay. I uh, and, and I'm going for genocide. I don't know how to get. I mean, I've I've used Roundup on them when the Creeping Charlie first came up, and the other plants were there. I Roundup all over on the Creeping Charlie. I've also purchased one of those propane burning things, and I've been trying to burn them. But there's certain parts, it, it seems like no matter how much I do, there's always some that is surviving. What, what can I do? Well, the, the burning is probably just making you feel good and really not killing the roots out. Ed Kelly syndrome. Yeah, so, again, another, Ed, another tribute to Ed Kelly. So, it, it, really, it really does feel good, though. I'll bet. <laughs> I bet it does. I'll bet it does. <laughs> That's so funny. So what would you guys say? Wow. So you have some in flower beds and also some in the lawn? I've got some in the lawn, uh, and I've got a, a lawn care company, actually, that is taking pretty good care of that. The, yeah, the problem was, when I mean overrun, I mean there was very few square inches of gardening, that of the gardens that did not have some Creeping Charlie in it. So what else do you and have I'm in the garden? What I desirable can... plants do you have? Oh, there's a lot of different things. Some lilies. Uh, I don't know the names of most of the plants, but, you know, I could tell that originally the garden was well uh, planted. Nice. Uh, and then just at some point not taken care of. And uh, so it has some, I mean, I've got a Japanese maple back there. I've got uh, peonies. I've got several different kinds of lilies. Um, I've got several plants that I have no idea what the name of them are, but I like them. Uh, but I've started to come to the conclusion that short, uh, I don't know what else to do except maybe dig out the plants I like and save them. And then I don't know how to, I mean, even Roundup isn't killing them all. Wow. It's a pernicious plant. So I just plant. dig everything up and cover it with, uh, that heavy plastic and I don't know in describing your problem I that was one of my thoughts is sometimes you just have to start over so digging up your desirable plants and then laying plastic over the rest of it to to cook it might it it would work eventually but it'd take a while it would take a while would it take the whole season well maybe it would take a while. <laughs> how, how, I think in the sunny areas, I think you could get it taken care of in a matter of a month or six weeks or something like that. But um, I, there's obviously there's nothing that's about this project that's going to be easy. Boy, no. Uh, and if sure. you were to if you were be to willing to dig up the desirable plants, some may still be able to be dug properly and safely now. Some may be too far along for that to happen. It, you know, it's really right. hard to tell you without. And then the other challenge with that is, you know, don't leave, don't have a root of that creeping Charlie in with this desirable plant that you dig up. Otherwise, it's just going to hang in there. And when you replant, it's just going to get established again. So, well, the other the other challenge is the neighbor's yard, which is separated by a, a metal fence. Uh, is overrun as well, and I'm sure that's where a lot of it's come from. So, mm. 
I guess I need to patrol that fence frequently and uh, make sure it's not. Well, since you're speaking in military terms here, uh, <laughs> you, mi- you might have to treat the fence line as a, <laughs> yeah. a, a little bit different as your perimeter. Um, exactly. Maybe a regular spraying with Roundup yeah. uh, along the base of the fence would, yeah. would help, maybe. Say, I'm drawing a line right here. Yeah, here and, it is. And I'm going to work on mine. It's going to take me a while, but nothing else is coming in. Yeah. Nothing else is creeping uh-huh. over. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it just takes, it, it takes, you can't just do it once. you got to just keep after it. And it is such a, a, a pernicious plant. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. If I was going to spray with Roundup, you know, of course, that'll... That'll kill any desirable plants, too, as you well know. Um, I would read the label directions. I'd probably add a couple drops of liquid dishwashing detergent to a gallon of spray. Not a lot more, uh, but that'll act as a surfactant, so you'll have better surface coverage of the weed killer, and you'll get better absorption and better kill. And uh, it's going to take, yeah, at least two sprains. It might take three or four, but I think you'll I think you'll get rid of it. Springs, sprains. Oh, sprays. Okay. <laughs> no, not this isn't a four-year four project. Springs. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. And then if you want to use that around these desirable plants too, uh, sometimes again you're spraying on a non-windy day for a lot of reasons. But um, if I was going to want to get a little bit closer, I'll maybe take a cardboard uh, shield or just plop it next to the desirable plant so when I'm spraying close to that plant I'm keeping it it uh, safe so the, the herbicide doesn't get on the foliage of that peony or, or some of the other things too so I can get a little bit closer okay. uh, you might and have then, to do some hand removal uh, right at the base of some of these plants and just hope you get as much of the roots as possible um, got it it's not going to be easy nope all right well uh, sounds like I've got a summer project I I bet it. I think you okay. do. <laughs> but it's doable. Now, is yeah, you're saying. Oh, decidedly. Once it, once it's gone, will preen keep that no. from coming back at all? Not really. Because no. it, it's spread through the no. roots, not through the seeds, right? Well, and preen's really much more effective on grassy broadleaf weeds and not, or grassy weeds and not broadleaf weeds. Okay, so, got it. So I, I don't think it'll be your. It won't be your thing. All righty. Well, thank uh, you much. Good luck. Yeah. yeah good luck with that. <laughs> All righty. Thank Bye. you. Thanks so much for calling in, Rich. <laughs> Bye-bye. 356-9397 is our phone number. Prairie Gardens, plant experts, live from Prairie Gardens. And uh, let's go back to the phones where Janice is calling in from Urbana. Hey, good morning, Janice. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Well, good. So I've decided that. This is the year uh, to have the war on the weeds and the grass, and <laughs> I and, and it, I read the package directions, and it's just so contradictory, so I thought, oh, I'll ask you guys. So um, I chose to use the Scott's brand, um, and they've got a crabgrass preventer, and they've got their weed and feed. The crabgrass preventer, I'm trying to find out really when is the ideal time to put it down. It says when your grass is starting to green up and beginning to actively grow, um, maybe around the first morning. But then they say you can put it on between February, which doesn't make sense to me, and April. Um, and then 
I want to be able to put on, you know, give it enough, like, a minimum of six weeks before the next application of the weed and seed, which is going to get the dandelion and the clover. I just don't know what's the ideal time. So when do you, can I really put the crabgrass stuff down? Yesterday. I already did it April 1st. Well, I Good. did it April 1st. Good. Good. And when can I put the next one on, <laughs> which is the weed and seed? Did the crabgrass preventer have a fertilizer in it too, or just the crabgrass preventer alone? It it does say that it has some fertilizer in there. Yes, it does. Yeah, I think the the instructions that you read that we're recommending you wait about six weeks between applications makes sense. Okay. Otherwise, so all those you won't do nothing in your life are... but mow. Oh. Huh. Okay. So even if you you it's... know if we if we had a little bit more moisture, a little rainfall, which we are still pretty darn dry out there, and mm-hmm. um, you waited. Less than the six weeks, would it kill the lawn? No, you know, but it, the lawn doesn't need to be fed that often, and you would just accelerate growth beyond that you don't need. And so, waiting that six weeks that they recommend on the directions would make sense. That's okay, that's one of the reasons that dandelions. You could always treat those sooner if you wanted to with a broadleaf weed killer that does not have a fertilizer in it. Oh, and you could use either a liquid that. or you could use a granular form. And that's one of the reasons that in a, in most cases, I would recommend that I would treat weeds separately from fertilizing because my schedule okay. and needs might be different. You know, it might be time to fertilize, but maybe it's too early or too late to control the weeds. Um, so okay. I would tend to, in the future, I would, I mean, I would use this product that you have. He might as well, and, and wait those recommended weeks in between. But moving forward, I would tend to treat fertilizer application separate from weed control. Do you have anything specific uh, that I should use if I head over to your place? Uh, we do. Uh, you used to be able to say a simple name, but now all these companies want to put a family umbrella over the product, and then you have to read the details because, oh, well, this might be... What used to be Weed Be Gone, it's called the Weed Clear now, but then we got Weed Clear that's this, and we have Weed Clear that's that. So I think mm. if you, if when you come in, if you just grab one of us, and we can show you the specific product that would do it, either in a ready-to-use form or a concentrate form that you can mix up, either one. Awesome. And if I use that, then when can I put on the weed and feed with the fertilizer? Because I bought so much of this stuff, I want to use it up. <laughs> You'll want to follow the directions on the label, so that's what we'll defer to versus my answer here. Okay. Um, but okay. it's probably going to be no sooner than two or three weeks after the first application. But again, the label will will tell us that. Awesome, thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for calling in, Denise. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Hillary from Savoy has some uh, questions about peonies, from what I understand. Hey, good morning, Hillary. Good morning. So first off, my husband is very intrigued about a flamethrower for the garden. So <laughs> we, we may have to get more information on that. But my, my peony question uh, involves some peonies that I relocated from a shady spot to the south side of the house. Uh, last fall, and every single root that I planted but one has come up, so that's good news. But my question is, um, should I let them flower this year, or should I 
pick off any buds. Um, I have several that are starting to get flower buds on them. It It's one of those things that, no, don't let it flower the first three years. Yeah, right. I'm going <laughs> to do that. Though what you did was just perfect because that's, being in too much shade is one of the first things that will make a peony not bloom. Um, so putting them on the south side with a, a fuller sun exposure is, was perfect. Um, you know what? I I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick off the buds. I'd want to see them flower. And I did the very same thing this this last year too. So we're in the same boat. I'm watching. I'm going to watch mine bloom. Enjoy them. Okay. Yes, absolutely. For sure. Right. Okay, and that'll. I think my the other thing, to testament to you having done well too, is people often replant them in too deep. Yes. And, and the fact that you have flower buds showing right now it means you it's, did it's it perfect. perfectly. Yes, absolutely. Well, that was just happen chance, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. If it works, it works. You know? Oh, that's just great. own it, Hillary. Right. <laughs> there you go. I just threw them in the ground last fall. <laughs> that's all right. And see, that was the right time to do it also. A lot of people oh. at, in, the, in the spring and summer think, oh, I've, I've just got to move those peonies, and that's just not the right time. Really, Because you think that yeah. it would give them more time for the roots to establish yeah, before uh, winter hit. Fall is the time to do it. Okay. So you did it right, then. Yeah, even though it's an herbaceous plant. It's it's truly one of the longest lived perennials you could ever ever find, and they say you know choose the site wisely and it's forever. And with the with what you had, you know, eventually the landscape grew up around it yeah. and shaded it out. That but, happens often. But, but yeah. sure it's does. nothing to see a peony 50, 70, no, 100 it years. No, that's exactly right. In its location. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Very long lived perennials. Wow. Nice. Thank you for your wisdom. Enjoy. You're very welcome, yeah. Hillary. And yeah, she gets the uh, gardening star of the day. No kidding. That was just she she did everything, did everything right. right. <laughs> even if it was an accident, she did it right. <laughs> you know what? Even if you do, though, it's really nice to, it's comforting to hear you guys agree yeah. and, and just kind of reinforce the uh, good habits. Well, so I'm we don't agree with each other very often. So no, <laughs> that's but, all by itself. Is that's a, all right. But I'm telling you, if Marianne tells you something about peonies, it's so <laughs> true. So. <laughs> It is. It is. I had to move several of them this last year, and it worked. And I moved my tree peonies at the right time, too. And is this because you lost your large tree? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, it just, everything everything changed. It was just amazing. But the tree peonies, um, this will be the first time I've actually grown tree peonies in full sun, all day full sun. Um, Usually they had... um, maybe three hours of full sun. The rest of it was filtered light underneath the tree. So it'll be interesting. And they do fine in full sun. I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You just that, not had that quote-unquote luxury. No. Before. And I don't know if it's a luxury or not. Yeah. I, re- I, I recall field-growing tree peonies, and they're much more compact. Their flowers go faster because they're exposed to rain and wind in the full, you know, open atmosphere mm. as opposed to being in the protection of a... A microclimate of a tree. Right. So anyway, we'll see. Huh. But they all came up, and several of them have buds on them. I'm really tickled. That's, That's great. great. Yeah. How long has it been now since you haven't have? Has it been two years when you lost your tree? No, it was a, a year ago. Right now, just one year. Yeah, okay. That so we had to still, have it taken down. Still kind of like learning everything. Oh or my re- gosh! Still. I'm just beginning to learn. Re-examining, I guess. <laughs> I could do sunsh plants now. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So it's fun. That's nice. Yeah. All right. You grieve for the tree, and then you get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of grieving for trees, 
I, my husband and I, you know, uh, what with pandemic, everybody's watching a lot of TV. I don't need to excuse myself, but we watch, we've been getting into main cabin masters where they talk a lot about burns. They find burns in the, in the woods. And it's a kind of like a, they described it as like a cancerous growth off of a tree when a tree is damaged. Huh. Uh, and you're all kind of look at me with blank faces. So I don't is know the term. Something you're not so familiar with, or it might have been just TV. Let me see what. It might be a different term than what you're saying. Burl. Burl burn. I don't know a scab on a tree where it was impacted by something at one a point. A burl. That's a damaged scab. Yes. Oh, okay, a burl. There we go. That's that's very desirable wood and in. Uh, wood wood crafting and, and, and furniture making. Yeah. Burl creates some Burl really... Burl walnut yeah. would be the oh most common term. Gosh, it's just beautiful. It's just a different um, veining and it just is lovely. And interestingly, I actually got a burl off of the oak tree that came down in my front yard. It's not really? very big. I, I I have no idea where, what part of the tree it came from, but I was like, this is cool. I have something to remember that tree by. And, and I guess it makes for a, a much denser wood, a much harder wood. I I don't know that. I imagine um, so, but because usually the graining is is tighter. But I don't know. Yeah, they said. Well, the main cabin master said, <laughs> now the wood becomes extremely dense even for a hardwood, and they're hard to find. Yeah. Uh, okay, B U R L burl. So what causes a burl? Is it just like if I were to cut off a a limb? And damage, not just pruning something. It would have to be something a little more stressful than that. Okay, like an inconsistent lightning strike. Okay, (laughs) I'll give you a a non-expert opinion on it. I would assume it's it's the tree reacting to something, Um, and so whether it's a physical injury like that, and the tree trying to heal around that physical injury, like you're talking about. uh, I think sometimes you'll see. cells uh, tree cells reproduce in um, more significant quantities and different sizes as a reaction to a virus or some other or bacteria or, oh. or as some other pathogen um, so I think it's a byproduct of something that's not nat- you know that's not ideal or not natural that the tree's having to try and react to or or again may be caused by that pathogen okay. Cabin masters, huh? Cabin masters, yeah. That, that hurt. Hey, speak, yes. I'm switching from cabin masters. Okay. Just <laughs> to, 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 to Salvation Army. Oh yeah. I uh, want to thank all the listeners who came in and responded. Oh my gosh, uh, yes. To the Salvation Army fundraiser this last week, so we sent the check for six thousand bucks in the mail yesterday. Oh, that's wonderful. To the Champaign County Salvation Army. It was, if those of you may recall, or enjoying those planters now, it was a ten-inch pot of flowers. Uh, that we had on sale for ten bucks. The entire ten dollars went to the Salvation Army here in Champaign County. Yeah, and normally so, fifteen. So you still gave everybody a deal. Yeah, everybody got a deal. And Salvation Army got some money out of the deal, which is what we wanted to make sure that happened. So uh, uh, there's there's technically there's a handful of them out there still, but we just went ahead and cut the check for the full amount because you know they'll eventually go away. Uh, probably they'll be today. sold uh, <laughs> probably today. But um, oh, really anyway, nice. so 600 of them went out the door at 10 bucks, so $6,000 to the Champaign County Salvation Army, yep. which is that's great. cool. And thank That's you all cool. Thanks for participating. Thanks to everybody. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. It was neat driving around uh, different neighborhoods, and every once in a while I'd spot one. I'm like, oh, 
they went to Prairie Gardens. That's Good awesome. for them. They helped out the Salvation Army. That's awesome. <laughs> well, they're beautiful. They're beautiful planters. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And plenty more still out there. Boy, do you have a full greenhouse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hanging and baskets and planters. Every day. And it's just getting... Wackadoodle. It is wackadoodle. That's a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say it's is trending right now? Everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> All together now. Okay. It's yeah. It, I mean, it's the full board. You know, it's annuals. It's tropicals. Perennials. Shrubs. All the roses are here now. Hydrangeas. Uh, they just came in Thursday. They're all exquisitely organized and shoppable out there amazing. and they look fantastic it's amazing hybrids grandiflores climbers shrub roses it's david amazing. austin's you name it yes what are david austin's it's an english rose oh beautiful and typically the uh, david austin's are have uh, more rows of petals so they look like a big double flower oh, and nice. a fragrance that is to die for yeah we didn't get very many david austin's but a few Okay, which is nice. Just the right amount. Just a few. Yes. Unlike some other things, which we have more than a few of. <laughs> so, yeah, tropicals are going nuts out there. And yep. A great selection we got in. More of those this week, and we've got 3,000 more hibiscus coming in Monday. Wow. Excellent. Did, and, and they didn't mention the palm trees that came in. Oh, <gasps> my gosh. All I want to do is go up and hug them. They just, <laughs> they're so cool. It's really been the productivity this last week has just really dropped with Marianne because <laughs> normally she's out there just slinging plants around, <laughs> answering questions, but she's just like, could you just get away from that palm tree a little bit? Just let it go. Just back off a little bit, Marianne. I just think they're so cool. I get this. The trunks are fun. phenomenal. They oh are. The best looking trunks we've ever had. Nice. Seriously. It's kind of like Pearl, right? Yeah. No, I can appreciate that trunk. Okay. I I really like the ones. This is it's not the tassel fern, or is it the tassel fern that has uh, tassel palm that has that kind of orange coloration to the the fronds, the base of the fronds. Uh, it's the we have the spindle. Spindle, not yep. tassel. Spindle. Yep. And then we have the queen palm. It's really both beautiful. Which is a little more lacy. And a fan palm. Yep. Is anything yep. better at setting an atmosphere than a palm? Not I'm, too much, honey. And there's some. Uh, I think so. Robolinis out there, which really aren't palms, but there's some other guys out they there. They look that, like it, don't they? They look like palms, yeah. Huh. Okay, so there's, great. There's a really those neat are, selection. one of my favorites. And, and again, yeah. some of these are 10, 11 feet tall. Um, yeah. And Easy. The, the trunks are just very bulbous, smooth, amazing color. Almost yes. huggable, really. They really are. Nice, Mary. That's my, that. my vision of just like <laughs> right there with their arms wrapped around it. <laughs> Let's go back to the phone lines at 356-9397. Brad from Champagne calls in to join us. Hey, good morning, Brad. Hey, good morning, all. I have a quick question. Uh, last year, I finally got my Meyer lemon tree. I had it outside, a uh, slightly larger pot than it was in. Took it inside. It loves inside. It's been pushing really fragrant flowers for a few weeks now. Uh, when should it go outside, and when should I... Um, expect the first Meyer lemon to garnish my cocktail. Mm. <laughs> you, you said the word cocktail is in singular, not plural, Brad. <laughs> well, yes, he's not inviting you. And I probably gave myself away, Steve. <laughs> we, we had you before you said the word cocktail. <laughs> uh, yeah, are, are you going to put it outside because you uh, 
expect it to grow more? Are you going to put it outside because you just want to get it out of the house for the – sounds like it's doing great it inside the home. I want to put it outside around the pond because I sit out there oh. and enjoy it. And yeah, sure. That That's perfect around a, a pond. For absolutely. Sure. So, so Mother's Day or later or what? Unless the weather's terrible, I wouldn't wait any later. Um, I would okay. get it. I mean, when you think about it, there's no reason to push it, but they would tolerate cooler conditions than some other annual plants. I mean, if you think of what, what the citrus go through in northern Florida. Um, One of the so, issues I have at my location is high wind. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Mm. And I think that's a good point that you made, maybe just transitioning out if you can. So uh, when you do set it outside, maybe it can be a, a little bit sheltered by the house, still in a sunny spot. And then maybe over the course of a week or 10 days, get it exposed to those higher levels of wind, just so it's not like a huge shock. But um, well, I think I'm close to Mother's Day makes sense. Yeah. It could be before, yeah, it, it could be after. I think when temps are consistently 50 and above is always a good guideline, yeah. really. And it's the low temperature you have to watch, obviously. Yeah. That's the nighttime yeah. temperatures. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, And I'm just saying, I think the lemon would tolerate. Cooler than Yeah, most. I think it could be 40 yeah. and above just fine. Sure it would. Um, but I think you're right, Steve. It's the, it's the transitioning of from indoors to outdoors. If you put that out directly into the sun, sun it's gonna it's gonna burn mm. absolutely so, yes. so you want to gradually over that week or 10 days you know introduce it to more and more sun exactly get it acclimated watch out for those thorns brad absolutely mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> okay well you guys have a great weekend and thanks for the info thanks you too thanks so much brad you too who knew a, a fruit a, a, a citrus tree had thorns i didn't i was john knows about that oh, I yeah i know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you uh, raised a few citrus trees, John. Uh, yeah, I have one. Yeah. So do I. I wasn't aware that lemon trees had thorns. Yeah. We uh, trans started some from seed. Oh, fun! How fun! Well, I say we, but you know who did it? Yeah. Uh, and I want to say maybe four weeks ago or so, and these seeds had been in an envelope or something wrapped up in a drawer for. At least, I don't know if it was two years or three years. Or oh, four. my gosh. <laughs> and, I, and I believe almost all of them came up. Wow. That's encouraging. Yeah. And uh, this was off a tree where we were given some lemons from, from somebody down south. And the lemons were just huge, outrageous. I have no idea what variety it is. Yeah. But uh, I'm afraid because of the nature of the project, we're destined to keep these as plants. And so we will, too, have thorns inside our home. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. (laughs) I have a friend who has had a citrus tree for uh, probably close to three decades. Oh, my gosh. That he moves in and out. That's amazing. To give it a summer vacation. And wrestling with them is is, uh, a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, Put on the motorcycle helmet. And long sleeves. Full enclosure and long sleeves. Leather gloves. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, again, impatience. 50 flat. 50 count flats, so full flats of 50 plants for 1392. And again, the greenhouse is just ripping with. I mean, it's a plant party. Oh, it's just (laughs) it's ripping with color. It is. All right, you've been listening to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens with Plant Experts Marianne Metz, John Weisgarver, and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our producer today was Dave Leak. Big thanks to. Brooke Scholem for helping out with all of her assistance this morning. Also, thanks to Rich, Denise, Hillary, and Brad. 
Thanks so much for calling in, you guys. Great questions. Very interesting topics. And a podcast of this show will be available later today at WDWS.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.